1: Good afternoon. Share it Yes, baby. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw.
0: There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in arlington heights and dan Wheeder. the 2023 bears are made for the off season they are a dream in terms of content in terms of debates in terms of talking points in terms of developments we're just getting started we're going to take the north and never give it back welcome to the take the north podcast i am dan Weider here with a special bonus edition of take the north during a busy Offseason season stretch for the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles and his front office staff continue to fortify the roster at Hallis Hall. We will have a lot more on the developments, news, and nuggets that are coming out of all the latest Bears developments. But today we have a special Take the North episode. We will be joined in a few minutes by special guest, Joe Person, who covers the Carolina Panthers for The Athletic. There are plenty of reasons that we're talking to Joe and we'll get on to more of that in a minute. Always remember to follow us on Twitter at, at take the north pod. You can get all of our podcast episodes on your podcast app on your smartphone or wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to get all our full video episodes on the 670 the score YouTube page where you can find all our content from what has been and continues to be a very busy bears off season. The reason that we reached out to Joe Person, friend of the podcast, who covers the Carolina Panthers for The Athletic, is because Joe is very relevant in our world these days. As you all know, the Chicago Bears traded the number one overall pick on March 10th to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for four draft picks and wide receiver DJ Moore. That was an easy starting point to reach out to Joe Person and figure out what he thought of the trade, what he thought about the Panthers philosophy, what he thought about DJ Moore. And then in the time since the Bears pulled off that trade, they have added two more former Panthers to their roster, backup quarterback, PJ Walker, who was introduced to the Bears media on Thursday at Alice Hall and Deontay Foreman, a late Thursday night signing a one year, $3 million deal for the veteran running back who will come into the running back room and presumably fill the void. That was left when David Montgomery signed with the Detroit Lions. So we had a lot of ground to cover with Joe, uh, really, really engaging and entertaining conversation with him as it always is. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Remember to follow us again for all of the latest happenings on the Bears Beat and all that they're doing with their roster restocking. And without further ado, here's our conversation with Joe Person. Happy to be joined by Joe Person, who covers the Carolina Panthers for The Athletic. Joe Person has never been more relevant to a Chicago Bears audience than in the middle of March of 2023. Joe, how are we doing? I'm, I'm, apparently, I'm big in the Windy City, man. <laughs> You're only going to get bigger here for the, for the next stretch. So uh, capitalize on this 15 minutes of fame. Give us all your uh, your knowledge and expertise. The first question I have for you because it's a sort of behind the curtain question that needs to be asked. When the trade went down, when the Carolina Panthers made their bold move to come sprinting up, to take the number one pick away from the Chicago Bears on, uh, I guess it was March 10th, what were you doing and where were you at and how did it dis- disrupt your Friday?
1: <laughs> so I was actually right here in my office and there started, I'm sure you saw, there was starting to be kind of r- murmurs on, on rumblings on on social media. And so I was trying – I, I was hoping it was going to be a nice casual Friday and I was going to roll right into a JV high school baseball <laughs> game. And that didn't happen. so I, I <laughs> kind of reached out to our athletic guys and they were kind of both <laughs> out of pocket too. I think yeah. Kevin Fishbane was going to the Big Ten tournament. and uh, He was. It was uh, – I, I, I think I made the comment to those guys that usually – I might even tweeted this. Usually, like Friday afternoon, that's bad news dump day or time. Correct. And we, uh, Correct. we all. Wh- where were you, man? So th- th- that's
0: why I wanted to get into this because, like, I think that. People in our profession could write a book of where were you when, right? And the way that your life gets turned upside down. I'm going to start with this because I came into the NFL in 2011 and I started in week three of that season on the Vikings beat. And Mark Craig was covering the Vikings at the time. He was my partner on the beat. Two weeks earlier, the Vikings had opened the season in San Diego Against the chargers and you know as well as i do that that trip was one that beat writers looked forward to you're going out to california the weather's always the same it's a beautiful trip you're looking forward to it you're looking forward to it you're there so mark gets out to san diego he brings his golf clubs and he makes himself a tea time at torrey pines for saturday afternoon thinking like day before the season over this is golden right like you just go out you play a little golf he pulls into the parking lot at torrey pines pops his trunk open, gets a message from Vikings PR. We just signed Adrian Peterson to a massive extension. He's going to be available at the team hotel this afternoon to talk right. if you're able to come over. <laughs> so Mark had his clubs behind the trunk, picked them up, put them back in the trunk of the rental car, closed the <laughs> trunk and drove to the Vikings team hotel. Right. And so his lesson, the day that I started the beat was don't ever think your plans are real solid, right? Like <laughs> you better. So here's my story. Last week, my wife and I are spending two nights in the city on a, uh, gift certificate that we got at a school fundraiser right Mm -hmm. so we've got a hotel downtown we've got a nice dinner planned we're celebrating her birthday the whole thing is set up to be a nice friday we said let's do it this week because it'll be the bridge between the combine and free agency what could possibly go wrong joe i take like three naps a year This was one of my naps on Friday afternoon. I'm sleeping. I'm literally sleeping when the trade goes down. I wake up. I turn on the TV in my hotel room. And the way I learned of this trade is the CBS News local affiliate here in Chicago. I hear Matt Zahn's voice at the end of the sportscast say, and Ryan Poles gets the deal done. And I go, wait, wait, what? Sprint across the room to my phone. I've got 28 text messages. Thankfully, uh, my colleague Colleen Kane was all over it. We got good teamwork there. Uh, we were able to to kind of finagle some things through, and I was able to still get to my wife's birthday dinner. Right? Wow. Like, I hope you got. To, I hope you got to your son's JV baseball game, or maybe I didn't. Did not.
1: Okay, And uh, (laughs) he went 0 for 2 with two walks anyway, so screw it. I'm glad I missed it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's the life we live, and I don't think everyone always appreciates how quickly your day can get disrupted by big news. It's huge news. And one of the first things I wanted to ask you, because of the timing of the news, is in what you've learned and what you've kind of glean from the Panthers on, on where they're headed here. What was the urgency for them to pull the trigger as early as they did to go storming up to get that number one pick?
1: So I think they felt like the, the you know, the bears obviously were talking to other teams and they, I don't think Ryan Poles ever called Scott Fitter with like a deadline, but I, the sense I get is the Panthers felt like it was starting to, to get closer to go time and that maybe if they waited, the price might go up. Um, and and they just sort of like the idea of being, as the Bears were, uh, you know, since week 18, in control of the draft. They have privately let it be known that they would potentially look to trade down. Obviously, it might be one spot, probably wouldn't be more than two. I, I don't know that it'll be any spots, but... They now they can they can it helped them set their free agency thing too. That was a big thing too because if they weren't going to have DJ Moore, they wanted to know kind of what besides needing wide receivers, what kind of money they had on the cap against the cap. And so uh, yeah, it, it 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 was crazy. I mean i I had gotten a sniff. I'm not gonna sit here and say, Oh, I'm not gonna be that guy that like saying, Oh, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I did think the Panthers were definitely aggressively at the combine looking to trade up. I thought it would be to Arizona at three, because then you have one of those three guys and you're not right. paying and you're not paying as much. You probably hold on to DJ Moore. But um clearly they 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 have two in mind at at, at the most. And um, so they, they go all the way to one, and it's, it's gonna make for an interesting uh, six weeks here uh, in, in Charlotte. <laughs> Part of what confuses me is the idea that they could still trade out of that number one slot.
0: And I think, I guess if I'm hearing what you're saying accurately, it's like there's going to be a floor of how how far down they're going to be willing to trade. Because obviously you make a trade like this and you give away a premium asset like DJ Moore, you're walking into May with a rookie as your future quarterback. There's no question about that, right? And now you've got to figure out which one of the three or four you like the most. And hopefully there's multiple guys, right?
1: Yeah, I again i I would say they while they're saying they're open to it I think that's it's a long shot that they would move again and then I don't know how you like say Houston let's just say the Panthers are on Stroud and the Texans are on Bryce young and so you want to flip-flop well what what benefit yeah. does Texas have does Houston have to to move if they're pretty sure you're taking Stroud anyway so I don't know, I, again, I, I think if they if they go through this process and they love three guys, sure, but I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Because that was my other question was because in order to make this trade, you better love at least one and hopefully more than one to make this trade. And it's so early in the process, you know, as well as I do, that they still have to go through pro days, they still have to have on campus visits with with these quarterback prospects. And so you better be really certain that that at least one, hopefully more than one of those guys is going to knock your socks off, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And and listen, let's not discount the idea that they have a very desperate and rich owner. I mean, all these guys are are rich, but, <laughs> but I mean Dave Tepper's really rich. Um richer 18, than you and I? 18 and a half billion. So I maybe you okay, a little bit you and I and Rich Campbell can cobble it together. Um but <laughs> so Mel, no, but listen. He he buys the team from Richardson in 2018. They haven't been to the playoffs. They hadn't sniffed the playoffs since uh, really this year. But it was the closest they came with an interim coach and in Steve Wilkes and a bunch of guys who are now on the Bears roster, you know, making <laughs> right. on offense. But um, so, yeah, is it possible the Panthers, you know, paid too much and did it too early? Absolutely. Uh, but that's kind of Dave Tepper's MO. They were in on Matthew Stafford two years ago, didn't get him. They were in on Deshaun Watson, kind of balked at the, the guaranteed money late in that deal. And so here they were, and I think they looked at Derek Carr, and they were like, mm, you know, it would be okay. But but Tepper's, Tepper's all about making a big splash. And, oh, by the way, they have a quarterback guy in Frank Reich that I don't think they wanted to saddle him, you know, with just another guy to start his tenure here.
0: Well, they got a quarterback guy in Frank Reich, and then they have two quarterbacks that uh, we in Chicago are familiar with and Andy Dalton and Josh McCown, who are going to be part of the grooming process for this young guy. So there's a lot of crossover in these two storylines right now. The number one one pick is now your problem. You can deal with that for the next six and a half weeks and beyond. Good luck. I hope it goes well for you. I hope there's not another trade on a Friday afternoon. But the only known commodity in this trade right now is DJ Moore. And DJ Moore has the city of Chicago – Very, very excited, and people are very uh, energized at the idea of adding a proven, difference-making go-to guy to an offense that can help Justin Fields take the next step in his development. So you've covered him. You've seen his entire career in in Charlotte. What did the Bears just get in D.J. Moore?
1: You know, I think that that I would talk with folks with the Panthers from time to time, and you would hear things like, if this guy played in a bigger market, he would be a star. Okay. Uh, the three consecutive 1100 yard receiving seasons. Here's here's what I would say about the the first thing that comes to mind with DJ Moore is that the guy is tough. Like he he's I mean he's he's not a huge guy. I mean he's not tiny. They listed at like six thirty. He is, and and he he runs a lot of stuff, a lot of slants, a lot of crossers, where he is getting banged around. And I think he missed two games in five years here. I mean, he is a tough dude who shows up every Sunday. And and he's, you and I were texting. Like, he is fast. I mean, he is not the fastest guy in the league, but he's fast enough. Like, he can create yeah. separation deep. He's versatile. You know, he can get involved in the run game. And then I, you know, the thing I respected about him for the most part is he did not have, he, he's a pretty understated dude who never really got prima donna, never became a diva. And I like that, you know, in, in a leader. He's a quiet guy. I know you, I think you guys talked to him yesterday. Yeah, he was a little quiet on Thursday, yeah. He is, but but my story on him too, a very quick aside, and I think I told you this too, but I plopped down in my in in coach. Uh, going to the Combine in 2018, uh, Charlotte to to Indy. And there was a guy next to me who's, first of all, that it was, I think, some older woman's seat. And she (laughs) had sat in this guy and he just said, you you can take that seat, I'll sit here. And and he ends up being next to me, this schlub of a sports writer. And very (laughs) clearly an athlete. And I just turned out to be DJ Moore. And I thought that was cool. Like, no, he wasn't curing cancer or donating an organ, but the fact that he didn't know who I was. Like, sometimes you see a guy's character, and it's revealed when they when they don't know anyone's watching them. And uh, just I don't know. I'm probably making way too much about it as I did when I wrote about. No, it's a, it's a good glimpse into the character,
0: right? And then I think he went and donated his kidney when he got to Indy. Is that right? That was incorrect. <laughs> that was incorrect. But, like, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Some, some folks that I've taken the temperature of around the league have said that he's kind of a tier two number one, right? Like, he's not Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill. He's not on that level. But you go to that next class of, of number one, on receivers and you can very confidently say yeah you know i, I don't know who else you'd put in that class of terry mclaurin's like the first guy that comes to my mind yeah. in that regard is is that a fair kind of assessment on where you'd put him in the pecking order of the league absolutely
1: yeah i i do i you know i don't know like after mccaffrey left you know the the panthers really other than dj moore didn't have anybody opposing coordinators were game planning for and you know i don't i don't know how much they game plan for dj but I, I i think you described it very well solid really good health you know durable but again not in the justin jefferson league uh but it, it it'll be good i mean it, i i think he'll help justin fields in the middle of the field um and and as i said he he can get loose deep too i mean you know, sadly for DJ, one of his lasting legacies here sure. will be the game against the Falcons, where it was this miraculous hail mary, PJ Walker to DJ Moore, Correct. and DJ rips off his helmet, gets penalized. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro, another Chicago guy, <laughs> Eddie misses the the what became what a forty eight yard extra point. Extra point. And yeah. They go to overtime, and then Eddie missed another. Field goal and Panthers lose. <laughs> One of the most devastating losses in the Bears' decline
0: after 2018 was a game in which Eddie Pinero ever so slightly pulled a kick outside the left upright right to lose a home game against the Chargers when they were on their plummet. So folks in Chicago can relate to the pain of an Eddie Pinero missed field goal that results in a loss. Uh, you mentioned P.J. Walker. We'll get to him in a minute because we got to meet him in Chicago on Thursday as well. And now we're going to be able to uh, meet another former Panther, Deontay Foreman, who signed a one-year $3 million deal with the Bears late Thursday night. I was a little bit surprised at the price tag. It felt like a really good prove it value for the Bears, particularly given what Deontay Foreman did down the stretch of the season for Carolina after Christian McCaffrey got traded. Enlighten us on on what you saw from him, particularly in that finishing stretch to 2022.
1: Well, and I think it shows you too that the Panthers are going a little different direction in their run game. I mean, Steve Wilks helped make Deontay Foreman uh, more of a household name because when he took over, because they were like, "We're going to hang our hat on the run game." Obviously, they trade McCaffrey, but and it's not going to be, you know, it ain't going to be flashy. We're going to be downhill. We're going to be physical, and it was right in Foreman's wheelhouse, and he played very well. Um, you know, he's he's. For a guy who hadn't played a lot over the years, he does have kind of weirdly some wear and tear on his body just for the style of play that, that you know, how he runs. Like he's, he's not missing many tacklers. He's trying to go through them. But, um, and the Panthers had, you know, I think once they signed Miles Sanders, it was going to have to be a very team friendly deal for Foreman to come back here. They the Panthers did leave that open and they had offered him before free agency uh, obviously you know low ball offer less than what the Bears ended up getting. Yeah. But um yeah, I I think I think I think he will be a kind of like DJ Moore, a durable type dude uh for the most part and uh just kind of a lunch pay I like talking to him he was a pretty good quote and wasn't afraid to uh when uh, week 18 he got ejected uh for fighting Marcus Davenport and his uh foreman's quote after the game down in at the Superdome was something along the line of like no, no grown man's gonna put his hands on me. <laughs> <laughs> and a day later, uh, Ken McGuire had to kind of clean it up. Uh, the agent with uh, with a, a, a statement from uh, from yeah. the
0: <laughs> More of a bruiser than a burner, right? For sure. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. That, that's the only part that surprised me because I thought the bear the Bears seem intent on adding speed to their offense in any way that they can. And obviously, basically, Deontay Foreman comes in and replaces David Montgomery, who's now gone to the Lions. It's going to be an interesting uh, matchup. Is he all right in pass protection? That's one thing that they haven't been able to get out of Khalil Herbert consistently that I think they wanted to get some, some veteran pass pro also out of.
1: You know, he wasn't on the field a lot in passing situations. They would bring in Chuba Hubbard. Um, okay. So... And he and he doesn't catch a lot of passes either. But oh, by the way, which which is why Chuba Hubbard was in the game. But sure. so I I I don't know. I don't know that I could give you a. I mean, he should be good in pass pro, but I don't know that he was asked to do it a lot here.
0: PJ Walker, the last Panther that has joined the Bears, maybe not the last. There may be six more by the, the time <laughs> we finish re- reco- recording this episode. But obviously, you know what he's like as a QB two. Uh, he's coming here, and he's taking over Trevor Simeon's backup role to Justin Fields. We got to meet him on Thursday. Seems pretty grounded and and very understanding of what that role is after a lengthy uh, stint in the league and a couple different places of understanding what that is. What do you know about, about PJ that folks in Chicago should should take note of?
1: So he came here. He had uh, obvious ties to Matt Rule. He would quarterback for Rule at Temple. And so toward the end of Rule's tenure, those guys sort of got – Uh, tainted because the fan base was just so over and the media just over the rule tenure. Uh, But, but PJ Walker is a professional. Uh, He, I mean, he really should have kept his starting job last year. He got a high ankle sprain. And when he came back, I think they went through so many quarterbacks. I think it was Sam Darnold. It might've been Baker point part two, but at any rate, he lost his job for an injury which probably shouldn't have happened but they were just at a point where they were just going to they wanted to look they wanted to look at Sam Darnold again frankly um yeah but, but walker was kind of the loyal soldier he you know he would privately i mean he he was very clearly unhappy about it but he he didn't like go complain to the media or i don't know if he complained to the front office i don't think he did he just he just kind of took it and um, yeah, I think he'll be good for Justin Fields. I mean, he, he's he like, like you said, like he's been around the league for a while. I mean, he was in the XFL uh, yeah. as recently as whatever that was, twenty twenty. Um, but uh, PG like, if you have to if you have to rely on him for a long stretch of games, that's probably not going to be good. He he has a tendency to to throw the ball into to trouble and to, he throws against back against his body a lot, um, but but a good uh, you know playmaker. He's not afraid. Like the moment is never too big for PJ Walker. Uh, it's seven seven starts I think right during his time in Carolina. He so clearly three, He went four and three here. Uh, which you yeah, know, capable of winning, yeah. In an emergency. Better than there. the other guys they've trotted out here the last three <laughs>
0: years. Man, no question about it. Well, I mean, that's a lot of ground to cover. I, I want to close with this because you sent me a video over text of of your son throwing gas, right? I think that was a a five pitch strikeout that I got on Thursday night. It looked like uh, just just locating, throwing with velocity, and making hitters look stupid.
1: Well, you are very nice to ask, and I sent that to you because I know you have a young fireballer uh, coming up uh, through the ranks and the uh, greater Chicagoland uh, baseball scene. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with the adjective fireballer, but he pitches. <laughs> it's so much fun, man! Like that's why I hate, hate. Like last Friday, back to 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 bring this full circle. Like I might have just taken my laptop had he been pitching that night in his JV game, but. You know, man. We this this is just so much fun. We talk about it at the combine. You, you you coach basketball. I I coached him in baseball as long as like he and like the yes. real and the real coaches wanted to have me around. And that's that's no longer the case. So now I'm just, <laughs> now I'm just the dad being obnoxious and sending all my buddies videos of him. Well, I will be the assistant this year
0: on his travel team and the House League Royals in the 10U League here. And the House League Royals have their draft on Saturday. And so the big board in my office here, I can't turn the camera around and let everybody know. It's its quite a matrix here of what we need to do to put together our 11-man roster for, for the 10U Royals. You would be surprised. I lost my bid, Joe, uh, to live stream that draft. The, the other dads didn't think that that would be a good idea for all the parents. But, you know, you take some chances every once in a while for
1: I'm going to need a picture of the whiteboard.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll send you the tears. Uh, I have a mock draft. And then the last story that I'll tell you just based on this full, full circle, Dave Burkett, as you know, covers the Lions in Detroit. And he has a story of being at an out-of-state tournament with his girls' uh, basketball team, his daughter's basketball team. And he's the head coach. And it's a late January night in 2000. And I, I guess that would have been 22 Uh, No, 21, and the Matthew Stafford trade goes down. And he's literally sitting there going, like, what do I do? Like, I'm supposed to coach a girls' basketball game in 45 minutes, but the Lions just made this massive trade that is going to shake the franchise for a while. So he ends up telling his top assistant, you've got the girls for this next game, and writes the story – of the Matthew Stafford trade from his car in the parking lot of the gym he was at, the coaches girls basketball team. I mean, that's what I'm telling you. We could compile a book of the fifty greatest life disruptors that the NFL has, has thrust on us. Well, no one's complaining. We're just letting you know that sometimes it's not all as glamorous as it looks like.
1: And when the athletic lays me off, let's let's get together <laughs> on that book.
0: Right, we can do it in your spare time. You got a ton of spare time. I've seen the way uh, that you navigate the combine. We'll get it done. We'll take all care right, of it. All right. All right. Joe Person, thanks for joining us. All right, buddy. That was a lot of fun. I have to thank Joe for joining us and carving out time in his busy schedule uh, to give our audience at Take the North a whole ton of insight and valuable intel on some of the new Bears that have joined the efforts to turn this from a last place team into a team that can actually take the North and compete for championships hopefully much sooner rather than later. Obviously, we all know that this is a stair-step approach that Ryan Pauls is taking. He was adamant again on Thursday morning that he's not going to be able to fix everything in one off season we all knew that coming into this stretch. The Bears will continue to peck away at the long checklist that they have in front of them. Remember, the draft now is less than six weeks away. And so the Bears have 10 picks as of this moment to use to help fortify their roster in the draft. In late April, they will continue to work through these next few waves of free agency to fortify the roster. And so with that, we go back to the second and third waves of free free agency. We will monitor all that. We will bring you all the latest news developments and analysis as we go forward thank you again for joining us to take the north one more time i want to thank joe person for joining us this afternoon and it is going to be a fun fun six weeks as we continue to cross this bridge of the bears off season into hopefully a more meaningful future i'm dan weaver take care everyone enjoy your weekend